Hello, and welcome to episode 205 of the Happy Hearthstone, the longest-running Hearthstone podcast in the history of space and time and cards. I am your host, Guy Grumpy, and this week we're going to be catching up on all the news from the last week, and boy, is there a lot. And today I'm excited to be joined by Andrew Brown. Andrew, welcome to the show. Hey, Guy. Thanks for having me, man. It's good to be here. Do you care to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, well, you know, I've been playing Hearthstone uh, since Nax Ramus. Um, you know, I have always loved this game because it kind of put together some of my childhood memories of uh, the Pokemon card game. And I played some World of Warcraft in college, so that was cool. But I mean, really, it was... I was just at a point in my life where having a game that was casual and easy to pick up uh, was really nice for flexibility of life and stuff. Um, and also when I just really wanted to grind ladder and go all in, I could do that too. So yeah, I've been a big fan of this game. I've, I've seen a lot of expansions over the years now, um, but it's really been exciting to see what the team is doing this year and uh, some really good things to come. You know, and actually, uh, Guy, I've been listening to this show uh, practically since the beginning too. So I'm I'm really excited to to be on it. I actually uh, I guessed it on the show. I, I think I was on episode fifty six uh, the first time. Um, some of your, some of your listeners may actually know me cause I actually hosted the show for over three years too. Wait, what? You, my friend are listening to the happy hearthstone. This episode is brought to you as always by lovely people just like you. Thank you so much. Electric Mick, Fallen Sun, Forest B, Gromick, Ignatius, Jonathan B, Liam W, and all other patrons for making this show possible. You can join them and get some great perks for yourself over at patreon.com slash the happy hearthstone. And be sure to check out the show notes for this episode and all the past episodes over at the happy Trust me, you'll be glad you went. Yeah. Three years. I, I was kind of waiting for when to drop the ball, but do you realize that this is my show? I did not realize that. I oh. was just uh, given this gig by you know, a talent agency, and uh, they didn't give me all the details. They just said that Andrew Brown was the perfect first guest. Well, uh, I'm I'm flattered that they would say that, but I'm thinking I need to talk with my agent or something because uh, that's that's quite the mix-up to have here. Uh, maybe we want to let people in on what's going on here. Is that fair to say? <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> well, hey, everyone. Um, <laughs> We wanted to have a little fun to intro the show here, um, but it's probably best to just jump into uh, the thick of things so that you can know exactly what's going on. This is going to be my final episode of being on the Happy Hearthstone, and Guy Grumpy has accepted the offer to continue on the show into the future. So that is the very, very short TLDR, but let me give you a lot more context than that. Because uh, I know many of you who are listening to this right now have been listening to the show for quite some time. Um, you know, I when I took over the show back in 2017, uh, I never, I didn't really know what was ahead, but uh, I knew that there were good episodes to come. There was a lot of fun to come, and I was really hopeful about being able to further develop the community and grow myself too as a content creator and a podcaster. 
And uh, those of you who have been following the show for a while know that the year 2020 has been pretty rough for me and in regards to this show specifically. Um, other ways outside of the show too, but we'll, we'll stick with the show for now. Um, so when, when COVID-19 hit, it really disrupted a lot of my, um, a lot of my patterns around uh, recording the show. When I would do solo shows, most of the time I would actually record those over my lunch break at work so that I didn't take away time for my family during the evenings and stuff. And that worked. Um, we were able to still record, you know, normal episodes every other week and stuff. Um, but when COVID-19 hit and I was uh, working from home, um, that made things a little trickier to figure out in that regards. The truth is that with a uh, three-year-old and nine-month-old at the time, uh, those kids were pretty, they're, they're tough for those of you who have kids that age. They just, they need mama, they need data a lot. And so even, even just jumping up for that one hour was a huge help to my wife. And I just recognized, hey, I, I need to be there for my family and step up during this time. Um, so, uh, so what that turned into then, well, I, I guess the other side of my full-time work at the time was that things really got stressful for a while as we responded to a uh, global pandemic and everything. I was working 60 plus hours a week and it was just insane. So I really had to sort of clear the deck. So all of that combined just made sense that I, I said for the time, Hey, I've got to put the show on hold for now. Skolomance Academy, or actually, I think Ashes of Outland actually came out soon after that. And so we, we did that. Um, Skolomance was announced and I recognized like Steve and I can't be reviewing a set that came out six months ago. <laughs> so we pushed stuff aside, we rearranged things and we made it happen. Uh, and it was fun to do that. Uh, if you listen to those episodes, you know that between the two parts, I found out that I was getting laid off due to COVID-19's impact on our, uh, on our company. And so that was news that dropped like a bomb and was not expected. And, uh, and so even more so all of a sudden I recognized I do not have margin right now because I need to figure out, um, how to, uh, how to provide for my family. And I, I, I've got to say that so many of you reached out, were supportive, helpful, um, trying to even sending me, I got several uh, job openings that, that listeners found. Uh, so I, I so appreciate you guys understanding that. Um, what I've recognized in the past month, especially, is that now, um, if you're not aware, many of you are, my wife is pregnant with twins and those twins are coming early December at this point. Uh, if not, maybe sooner. You never know when, uh, when delivery day is going to come. And so I recognize that now with my family doubling in the number of kids that we're going to have, uh, my margin is only going to uh, siphon off more and more. So as I processed that, thought through things, I recognized, unfortunately, I I don't have the margin to uh, to lead this show like I have for the past few years. And that was a really hard pill to swallow. Um, I, I'm sure many of you can relate in decisions that you've had to make in your life where it's it's super, super clear what the right answer is. But that doesn't take away from the difficulty in making it and recognizing what you have to give up. Uh, the, and I'll, I'll try to save all of my emotional feels for the end, but I will just say that, um, that, uh, that yeah, this decision came with a lot of, uh, a lot of processing, a lot of, uh, difficulty, but I just recognize this is definitely what's best for me and my family. And especially when I thought, 
of Guy Grumpy, who some of you may not be familiar with, but those of you who are know that he is a beacon of positivity, generosity, and kindness in the Twitch uh, sphere for Hearthstone. And when he came to mind, I just thought, now here's a guy who doesn't have to pretend at all to take on the mantle of this show and let it continue being um, a show that's known for positivity and community and all of that. And so, um, you know, we talked about it and I'll let you share your side of the story guy, but, uh, but I'll just say that for me, I was super thrilled and excited. Um, as hard as it is to step away, I couldn't be more thankful, um, for a guy like you to be taking over the show and taking it, uh, into the future. So, that's um that's all of the processing and the why behind things on my part. Uh, do you want to share anything from your end from the get-go here? Absolutely. So I am a longtime listener, first-time caller, I suppose you would say. <laughs> I met Andrew through a mutual friend, Venga Dragon, who's kind of been mm-hmm. involved with the show in the back end for, for quite a he while. Has, yeah. uh, but I've been streaming now for about two years, and we've had several conversations. You've been on my, my uh, stream before, yep. even, to talk about hsreplay.net. Yep. Uh, so we've built a decent relationship, I think, Um going forward. So I, th- I think we'll be able to carry on the mantle pretty well. And I'm known in the Hearthstone streamer for uh, my community feel, or the, I'm sorry, the Hearthstone community uh, for my community feel and for not being very grumpy, despite my name. I'm <laughs> um, also known for a few other things like my crazy dust button that has almost a million dust yeah, now, yeah. Uh, my hat collection, my Murloc shelf, and for playing a little bit of all modes. So again, uh, perfect, perfect, uh, Profile for the Happy Hearts. I think so. <laughs> um, uh, as well. Uh, I'm also one of the founders of the Hearthstone esports team, Hype Horizon. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty well connected in the community. And maybe we can even bring a little bit more of the competitive side. I know in a few past episodes, people had asked for some more information on uh, how to get involved in that. Sure. So we'll have a little bit more uh, content uh, potentially on on that front as well. Uh, but I'm really sad to see Andrew go. He's not going to be away completely. I'm sure that we'll find ways to get him involved again as yeah. he has time. Uh, so I'm real excited, though, to take over and bring this back to being more regular. Yeah, you know, to, and to be clear, the nice thing about this is I'm not disappearing off the face of the planet. Um, you know, when I took over the show from my predecessor, Josh Augustine, he he got a job at Blizzard. So he kind of needed to disappear in some ways because uh, he was focused on World of Warcraft and designing quests. But um, I'm, I'm going to continue my part-time work with HS Replay. And so, and I'll be active on Twitter. I still love this game and play it a lot. So, so, you know, I still have thoughts I want to share with people. <laughs> and, you know, if you'll have me on the show, I'm sure that we can figure out a time after, maybe after uh, the diapers have cleared off a little bit to, <laughs> to, to come <laughs> hang out. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited, you know, in, in similar ways to how um, I was similar to Josh in some ways, um, but I also had differences that kind of were more competitive in some ways. I took a, a lot of pretty big chunk of philosophical bend with me too, as far as uh, looking at life beyond Hearthstone, but using it as a platform to consider and think about things. Um, you know, I expect very much, Guy, that you'll do the same um, because it's it's foolish for people to think that things will never change with a big transition like this. Um, but the thing I've sen- said since the beginning of uh, Guy Grumpy and I talking about this is, hey, man, keep keep the core essentials of this show, things like the community feel, things like 
like, uh, you know, welcoming different guests on and stuff like that. Keep those things tight, but treat pretty much everything else uh, with flexibility and adapt it to who you are and, uh, you know, what you want to do. I took some risks when I was uh, at the helm of this show and some of those paid off. Some of them I, I, I won't bring up on this show necessarily. <laughs> um, but, you know, that, that I, I think that with content creation, that's a big part of it is, um, is trying new things, learning and adapting as a result of that. So I'm, I'm really thrilled that you're taking this on. I'm excited to see how the show continues to develop that way. Um, and I hope that all of you that are listening, uh, will definitely be along for the ride because it's going to be a fun ride. Um, just learning how the show, what the show becomes with you, man. So, um, definitely thankful. Yeah, and just on that note, I do plan to keep the format the same and keep it very focused on the community, make sure that it's accessible to listeners. Mm -hmm. So if you want to be on the show, still reach out because we'll find ways to get you involved uh, with the show. Uh, I am working on some small changes, like some updates to the website. Uh, biggest change being that we'll hopefully release more episodes than, hey. uh, than you've gotten uh, and more frequently than at least the past few months. <laughs> uh, well, and I'll also be playing around a little bit with the format of the ever popular review episodes. Yeah. Uh, so watch for that information on the uh, Twitter uh, and things for the new release that we'll talk about in just a, a few minutes. Yeah, I, I probably should head off with that and say that um, the very first person I talked about uh, with this whole transition was Wicked Good. And Steve has been with me since we, I'll, I'll save my mushy stuff till the end. I'm going to save it. I'm not going to go there now. You can't make <laughs> me. Um, but I, I should say just for clarity's sake that, uh, you know, I had the freedom when I took over the show to find someone to do the review episodes with. And that was really great. Um, I can't believe that Steve and I did three plus years of, of set reviews. Um, and we really wanted to give Guy Grumpy that same amount of freedom. You know, the nice thing is that Steve has his own podcast. So, uh, if you like his stuff, you you hopefully are already listening to it and will continue <laughs> listening to it. Um, but we we both really wanted to just give Guy Grumpy the the space to do the review episodes the way he wants. And he's he's shared a little bit with me about what he's thinking, and I'm excited to see the the new stuff that's coming down the pipeline with that. So um, so yeah. And on that note, those episodes will be likely the next episodes that get released since we're only nice. two weeks away mm -hmm. from the, the, the set. And I know from but experience, there, I know from experience, yeah. these review episodes take a lot of work to, to make happen. So, uh, so I hope you guys enjoy this episode in the meantime and uh, definitely come back. And, um, I, I, I feel like Guy Grumpy and I will both be, uh, letting you know on Twitter and everywhere else that we can that those review up, when those review episodes, uh, can be expected in your, uh, in your podcast feed. So yeah, go ahead, man. Indeed. So before we get to the expansion, it wouldn't be the happy Hearthstone without an explanation of why we're happy. Mm. And I'll start. Please. There's opportunities galore. Uh, so. Obviously, taking over this show is a huge opportunity for me. Yeah. I've had some other great growth on my stream, even getting a chance to uh, be on the the Blizzard launcher. I uh, saw that. That was so uh, awesome. For the Brawliseum. Yeah. Uh, so everything's kind of making me feel pretty good about where we are, both with Hearthstone and with my own personal take on it. Uh, and getting the feedback from people that they see me as a positive force in the community and someone that they can always rely on to uh, maintain a salt-free experience <laughs> uh, kind of 
kind of warms my heart. Also, in those two weeks, we have two new games coming out um, on the 17th. Uh, my two favorite games of all time are both getting updates with Hearthstone and the new uh, Madness at the Dark Moon Fair. Mm-hmm. But also Pac-Man's coming out with a, a Battle Royale. I think it's I called saw uh, that. Mega Tunnel Battle. Okay. Uh, so I'll have some decisions to make on what gets the most time played. <laughs> but uh, it's real exciting when everything's getting updated at the same time. So I, I first have to ask, because I'm less familiar with the Pac-Man Battle Royale, how exactly is it? Like, are there 200 Pac-Mans all on the same map? Or like, how, how does that work? Uh, it's 64 Pac-Men. Oh, my god! And each of them has their own map. Uh, but you can unlock the other people's maps by collecting power-ups okay, and okay. lock yours down by collecting power-ups and then go out onto theirs. If you get the power pellet, you can eat the uh, the opponents and then <gasps> oh, uh, the lowest score gets removed every so often. Oh, so, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, it's, it, I got to play the demo and it's pretty fun. Um, but and have you been I've won two of the three games I played. Have you been a Pac-Man junkie most of your life then? Is that like a long-standing thing for you? Yeah, so my first console was the Atari 2600 and, you know, getting to play Pac-Man in the arcades was yes. one of my earliest memories nice. of uh, happiness. So, <laughs> yeah, been Pac-Man since it came out, really, and really looking forward to it. So how are you going to balance that That and Madness of the Dark Moon Fair are both out at the same time? <laughs> oh, no. So Hearthstone's my favorite game of all time. Okay, it'll, okay. it'll be easy to make that decision. It's just Pac-Man will be my... Uh, guilty pleasure on the side. Nice. I like it. Wait, wait, can you play it mobily or is it just on PC? It's on Stadia. So I haven't okay. figured all of that out yet. Mm-hmm. Um, on Stadia first, I should say. Nice. Okay. Well, that'll be fun. Cool, man. Yeah. So what, what about you, Andrew? What makes you happy? Yeah. Well, I'm happy to be a guest on the show for the first time. I, I want to think about it. I think it was 2016, actually, that I was a guest on this show before I ever took it on. Um, so man, four years later and here we are, um, there's, there's a lot of things I'm excited about, obviously like super thrilled that, um, the pregnancy for my wife has been going well. Um, my goodness, for those of you who, uh, have been pregnant or have been, uh, in a relationship with someone who has been pregnant, it is hard work. I, like, I don't think that my respect can grow for my wife. And then I see, you know, her go through this a couple of times. And then you just double the amount of humans that are inside of you. And that makes it all the more tough. So, um, I, I, I'm really, I'm really thankful that so far everything's been healthy. You know, twins are automatically a high risk category just because it's more complicated. But um, all of her appointments so far have just pointed that everything is going as well as possible. Um, so yeah, we're really looking forward. Uh, it's two girls. If uh, actually, yeah. I think I said that last time, I, last time when we were on the show, I think I found out around Scalamance. Um So I'm just super excited. It's going to be, it's going to be crazy uh, here. I'm not going to have much uh, memory of anything for a while, but we're really looking forward to expanding the family and doing it right around the holiday season. You know, like it's a really special time for us and our family, everything from the red cups to Charlie Brown specials to everything, you know? So, um, so welcoming these two little ones during the Advent season and stuff is just going to be, uh, it's going to be really unique. Um, I'll probably make a lot of Starbucks runs for my wife because she can't get enough of those peppermint <laughs> mochas. So, you know, that'll be fun. And um, the big thing I'm really happy about, uh, man, is that I actually did get a job. So 
I know that. Congratulations. Thanks, man. I know I preloaded this by by sharing the story of getting laid off, and it was really tough in the midst of the pregnancy and stuff. But I'm I'm super excited to let you all know that I I was offered a job a couple weeks ago and have accepted it. Actually, by the time this episode is releasing, I will have started it. Um, and I'm going to be the uh, director of marketing and communications for an organization called Reach Beyond, and they're a uh, they're a global missions organization that does stuff to meet the physical and spiritual needs of people in developing countries, and they do it really really smartly through like medical, uh, like establishing hospitals and stuff, building wells for uh, for uh, groups of people, and so uh, they're doing great work around the world that actually matters. Uh, for people. And this step is also, or this job is a huge step for me career wise too. So it's a step up from where I was. Um, and I, I, I'm super honored and humbled. I, this was one of those jobs that I applied for and I looked at it and I said, there's no way that'll happen. And then they're like, Hey, we want you in for an interview. I'm like, yeah, right. There's no way this will happen. Hey, we want you back for a second one. Yeah, right. There's no, way this. and by the time the final interview came around, I was like, okay, maybe this will happen. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's here in Colorado Springs. So we weren't looking really outside of that, uh, yet already. So just super thankful for my family, for my career. This is, this is kind of a dream come true. So really excited about starting it off. Um, I'm sure I'll share some details through my Twitter and stuff. So, um, I mean, I'm mostly there for Hearthstone stuff, but, uh, you know, a little bit of the personal life has to come in here and there. So super happy, wow. super thankful. Lots to, lots to be happy about in the midst of, uh, in the midst of a big transition like this, you know? <laughs> Yeah, very much. So congratulations. I'm really excited for you and looking forward to hearing those updates, especially as the first week goes on. Thanks, but make man. sure that you get enough sleep uh, before <laughs> the kids come so that yep. uh, you can save it up, uh, doing hibernate my, a little doing bit. Doing my best for now. It, it will, it'll definitely be tough in the midst of those first few months, but we'll make it through. I keep telling myself, people have had twins before. People have had four kids before. So, you know, we'll... We'll, we'll make it. We'll make it happen. It'll be good. Um, but I'm also happy, man, because we got more news about this game in the past week than we've had in like, well, I, I don't know that we've ever had this much new stuff announced all at once before, you know? Yeah, I, I, I don't think there has been. I know that they've had announcements bigger than this, like at the uh, Hearthstone Summit last year. Oh, right, uh, right. I guess at the beginning of this year, uh, where they probably gave feds more of this information to some of the, the bigger content creators. Mm -hmm. uh, but releasing it to the general public all at once was a real dump. <laughs> yeah. So lots of interesting things to talk about. Biggest, of course, being the new expansion announced, uh, Madness at the Dark Moon Fair. And I don't know if for if you've played much World of Warcraft, but the Dark Moon Fair is a little mini uh, mini game, I guess. It moves around the World of Warcraft uh, uh -huh. pretty frequently, and you have to go around. And there's uh, there's special prizes and things. It's one of my favorite parts, or what was one of my favorite parts when I played World of Warcraft often of the game as a whole. So I'm really excited for the theme. Yeah, I, I knew it from BlizzCon too, because they had a whole Dark Moon Fair section there where you could trade collectibles and uh, play. Well, it wasn't so much playing carnival games as it was sort of like doing casino kind of things <laughs> to collect different kinds of stuff. It was really cool, really stylized. I knew it was based off World of Warcraft too. So it seems like the perfect place for us to revisit our good friends, the old gods who are all back in this expansion. It's been, it's been a while since we've seen these four. <laughs> 
Yeah, and the, those four have similar themes, but just a little different take. And I'm really excited to see how people decide to use them. It's, it seems like it's going to really feed the deck builders and meme builders, uh, which is where <laughs> I really find the most enjoyment out of Hearthstone. Which one of these four are you most looking forward to? I've been a fan of Cthulhu ever since we got it for free. So I, I have to say I'm kind of excited to see how that plays out. Obviously have to get your hands on them. And Yogg, I, I would have been more excited for Yogg <laughs> if we didn't already get a little overloaded with Yogg uh, content <laughs> over the last year. Yep. Uh, and the generated by stuff is a little bit crazy, but yeah. Uh, it's it just seems these actually all four of them just seem really strong in their own ways. And mm-hmm. you know, I think that when we saw Whispers of the Old Gods, Yasharaj especially was like, "How, how, or why are you playing this card?" And then it ended up mm-hmm. being the uh, the silent killer for Big Hunter, or not Big Hunter. What am I talking about? Big Priest and oh no, Big or Barnes Barnes Hunter was a thing, wasn't it? Was it? I, I might just be thinking of something else, but I, obviously Barnes Priest was they the big one, but <laughs> recruit. Yeah. 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 Anyway, it's cool to see them all come back, uh, with different takes. And I think it'll be fun collecting them. And people are a little concerned with Yog Saran, Master of Fate, uh, because there's a mm-hmm. 5% chance that he's going to just completely, uh, <laughs> delineate the entire game to a, a random flip of the coin. But, um, you know, I, I think that, th- it's fun to see so much, uh, so much respect for what has made these characters who they are. And, and Yogg, mm-hmm. like, there has to be some randomness. There has to be some insanity. Um, but I'm sure that they'll, they'll take a look. They'll retool. They'll take out that 5% in case, uh, you know, it's too much or if a uh, world champion gets decided based off that or <laughs> because, uh, yeah, that's, that's a little nutty, but. Um, but yeah, this is a really exciting set. Honest, I, this whole year has been kind of insane. You know, like we had Demon Hunter to start out, Skolomance Academy, arguably one of the best sets we've had in years. And then, um, and now Madness at the Dark Moon Fair just looks so cool and exciting flavor wise and with a lot of these cards too. So yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to play with these. And on top of that, they're splitting it up a little bit more than they have in the past, mm-hmm. where there's going to be 135 cards released and then a mini expansion, similar to Galacron's Awakening, I'm guessing, mm-hmm. um, coming out somewhere at, in the midpoint. And uh, so a lot more collectability, a little bit more of a shakeup in the meta halfway through, where people tend to get a little bit bored or annoyed with the uh, meta so mm-hmm. as it gets more solved. So should be keeping things a lot more interesting. Yeah. And actually I got to, um, at HS replay, we got to, uh, interview, uh, Cora Georgiou and Liv Breeden. And I was helping to translate that, uh, that interview onto our, on our site for an article. And one, one thing that was interesting is that Liv was saying that they are planning on, or well, th- these mini expansions give them more room to try different stuff. So, like uh, she she explicitly called out keywords and how typically a keyword is just exclusive to a set, and they really want it mm-hmm. to make sense. So they don't want to do too many tricky things with it um, to where the keyword is confusing for more casual players. Um, but she said with these mini expansions, that gives us 35 more cards where we can actually test some of these things that might be more counterintuitive. So she said, like, what if a keyword actually was a negative for a card? You know, we might, we might try something out with that. So, um, 
Like, the, you, do you want to talk about this new keyword real quick uh, for anyone who may have missed it? Sure. Go ahead. Uh, it's corrupt. And w- what corrupt does is if you play a card that has a higher mana cost than that card with corrupt, it will upgrade the card kind of similar to a spell stone, how those used to. And, uh, most of the, or pretty much all of them that we've seen so far, if the card isn't corrupted, it's, it's a little below value. But if it is corrupted, it's above value. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how those go. It's nice. I, it's a cool mechanic, I think, because it makes cards uh, that you normally would want to play on curve more. It gives you more of a reason to hold on to them and maybe some more complex play. Um, but of course, if Face Hunter is everywhere, then you may not have a chance to, <laughs> to corrupt too much. Um, yeah. And I really think it's going to be strong in arena where Ooh, you end yeah. up with hand, with things clogging your hand a little bit more. And, uh, so you might be more willing to take a chance on holding it for a bit longer and have that opportunity. Yeah. I think it'll be fun to see. I, we definitely have, I mean, we've only seen, I don't even know how many cards, like 20 maybe. Um, we certainly, yeah, it's a, we, small number. We certainly have a lot more to go. And I think that by the time this, this episode's airing, uh, they will have started the reveal, uh, the, the slow reveal stream, essentially, uh, that they usually do. So uh, lots to see. It's always an exciting time for me when they're doing all these different, uh, you know, uh, all, the, all these different cards coming out. And it's, it's just excitement's in the air. You know, I want to go to the fair. I want to go now. So... <laughs> <laughs> Me too, uh, but we'll have to wait until November 17th for mm-hmm. the release. That's a Tuesday. Uh, all the cards should be re- released, revealed by the 12th. Uh, I'm working on the spreadsheet now for those patron patrons that uh, have access to the spreadsheet. So you'll nice. be able to see what we're doing uh, as we get more details. Uh, be paying attention. The spreadsheet is also a core part of the show. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, so the next bit of news that they announced was the new mode, the uh, duels, which is kind of like a dungeon run, uh, but PvP and arena style. So you go until you lose three times or you win 12. Have you had a chance to check that out yet, Andrew? Yeah, I kind of had to. I mean, you know, Battlegrounds was such a big deal when it came out and everyone was really excited about a new way to play. They had teased this so that you were going to be able to use your collection and it looked really cool from the beginning. Um you know, I, I've had fun with it and it is definitely a high power, a higher power level than standard or battlegrounds. So, um, I'm, I've had some fun with it so far. I really am looking forward to when they, uh, make it heroic and you're able to put some in-game gold in to get some rewards and stuff because I, right now you can basically move your MMR up and down, but it doesn't feel too encouraging to me to play. So, like, I've done, I think, two runs. I did a mage run and a warlock run because I heard warlock was trash. Uh, actually, I'm, I think I still have to finish it up. I've got, like, six wins on it so far, so I'm, I'm doing okay with it. Um, but, yeah, it's it's just fun to have something different to do, and uh, especially it, it just feels very different and fun uh, as opposed to Battlegrounds was so different that it was a, a completely different category. This just feels like... I, I don't know, standard ladder on, on steroids where you just get to do absolutely insane things. So not, not as much fun when those insane things happen to you, but that's the way Hearthstone goes sometimes. So <laughs> Exactly. So my first impressions were, were kind of similar that I, I don't see the, the long-term um, 
benefits to playing but like you said once heroic mode comes around it'll turn into more like an arena experience where you pay the gold there's some rewards for reaching different uh, tiers of wins Uh, and there's also going to be some additional variety like more hero powers and more uh, treasures that you can choose from to to hone in your deck and your style of play right now each class really has one style that feels dominant because of the treasure that's available uh, and the hero power that you can use uh, and there's a limited number of cards that are available to play in the mode as well uh, so as, as those open up and change around i think there will be some really fun deck building opportunities and and it'll it'll make it a bit more interesting yeah one of the things i was actually really surprised by in a good way was how accessible uh building your deck feels. You know, I'm I'm usually pretty intimidated when it comes to getting on the ladder to build a 30 card set or deck from scratch, but because it's only 12 cards that you throw in there and it's only one uh one copy allowed of each, it feels or 16. Uh, oh, 16, sorry. It it just yeah. feels really low to the ground. And so I I sat mm-hmm. there for a minute and thought, do I need to go look like look up what other people are doing? And I was like, no, I can come up with 16 cards. I can do this. <laughs> and especially because your treasures and how you build it as you go, really, I would argue they may not matter more, but they matter at least just as much, you know? So, um, yeah, I, I think there's just some really cool nuances to this. It's fun to have something that's, uh, that just scratches a different itch uh, for the game because if you love Hearthstone as much as we do, uh, you know <laughs> you you want more ways to play it, and it sounds mm-hmm. like we're actually not done with more ways to play it, right? Right. Uh, but before we get there, one other thing: the new mode is available now for pre-order uh, mm-hmm. customers, as well as there's drops enabled on Twitch now. So oh, watch your right. favorite Hearthstone yeah. creators; uh, they'll unlock the early access for you. So if you want to try out the new dual mode for yourself, it's available now. But like Andrew was saying, there is also an announcement that a new mode will be uh, coming as well. So Crazy. another new mode that announced early next year, I believe. And I don't think we know anything yet, but yeah, I would expect it maybe around when that 35 card mini expansion comes out. And it almost, I, well, some of the stuff I read made it sound like this one might actually be even bigger than duels. So whereas duels almost seems like something wacky and fun to do, I'm wondering if this other new mode is, is for the hardcore audience. So I, I don't want to go out on a limb and say tournament mode explicitly, but I got, I kind of wonder if Brawlicium is going to be a more, uh, more standard thing that we can expect or if there's something similar to that where it, it really, uh, it rewards the people who like deck building, like grinding and, uh, gives them a different way to do it essentially. What, what do you think? Have you thought much about what this might be? Uh, you know, I, I th- was thinking a lot about what the different modes could be before duels was announced. Oh, and sure. I was yeah. thinking, you know, adding something completely new, like a minion masters like expansion, oh, or maybe nice. just something easy like, uh, rotating sets, uh, in a standard format. So, uh, you can again use your wild cards, uh, but have different, uh, sets that are available each time. Always kind of like the old arena style of doing it where you'd always have the latest set, but maybe some others to give you some unique um, deck building challenges again. Yeah, I like that. It'll be fun to see whatever they have. I mean, I this, it seems like they are just going far above and beyond what we typically expect. And they're pretty committed to like winning back people who may have left, but also really engaging the people who have stuck around. So I'm I'm super excited to see what comes. Absolutely. Uh, so 
as a way to bring people back and get people more engaged. So then they also announced uh, the new Battle Pass, uh, which gives you a new ways of uh, or new rewards for just playing the game as as general and some progression and achievements. Uh, so uh, lots of new ways to engage with the game or see your progress as you play over time rather than just the 500,000 win uh, progression. Yeah, I, this is just, this is probably something that should have been in the game since the beginning, honestly. Um, but they were a much smaller team back then. So it's really exciting to see them completely rehaul how all of this works. Like the, the really low to the ground version of this is that you're going to be able to play the game how you want to. So if you just want to grind battlegrounds all day long, but you still want to get gold for packs, you're going to get them better than the 10 gold every three top fours or something that, that it is now. Um, and also there's going to be all these hidden achievements to unlock or either hidden or just really difficult. So stuff like killing your opponent with c- the new Cthune or uh, getting Rod of Roasting off of the new Yogg. So like in-game stuff where it's like, I, I, I have been an achievement hunter since my Xbox 360 days where Absolutely. I, I would like rent games from Gamefly just to complete the achievements in it to up my <laughs> gamers. I'm not proud of what I did, but it's just true. And so I can really see myself going hard on some of these achievements and just saying, I'm playing Cthune until I kill someone with him or, um, you know, so I, I'm very much looking forward to these selfishly for the fact that it seems like I'm going to get more rewards. There's like, uh, cosmetic coins you can get and new hero portraits and stuff. Um, but also I think it's going to give me another new fun way to play. It's like, guys, I'm having four kids. I don't have as much time to play games as I used <laughs> to. And now you're giving me all these reasons that I, I just want to go play games. So, um, but that, that's the right problem to have when it comes to the games that you have like this. <laughs> I completely agree. And like you said, the achievements give you new reasons to play your own homebrews and maybe cards that aren't super competitive. And I, I think mm-hmm. that should address some of the problems that people have had when they try to take their meme deck into casual and or are hoping to play against other casual decks when and then instead get crushed by uh, face hunter again uh, because somebody new wants to just try out a couple different cards or something. Right. So I, I think it'll make it a lot more fun for everybody involved. You might occasionally lose to some meme deck, but I think it'll be worth it for everybody <laughs> to have that opportunity. Let's be real. That's That still happens today every now and then. Um, yeah, yeah. And I have been taking uh, Archwitch Willow to ladder lately uh, because I'm so committed <laughs> to figuring out a way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say this. I've, I've started to get some more ideas from playing around in the duels mode of some cards that I get there that I wouldn't normally put in a deck yeah. that make me want to try things out. So uh, more to come on that. Nice. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of excited. Um, yeah. yeah, that's I that is so much information. And, you know, between the fact that they said we're going to see these 35 card mini expansions moving forward. We got that new game mode still to come. Um, we're getting this Madness at the Dark Moon Fair a whole month early from typically when the third oh, set right. uh, gets gets released. Um, but because there's so much coming down the hopper, it's like, I, what more can you ask from this team right now? And they've done all this in the midst of a global pandemic too. So I'm sure they had a lot of this started beforehand, but it's just like, this is, it's madness at the Dark Moon Fair. That's what it is. But <laughs> I'm I'm super excited. It's a it's a good time to be a Hearthstone fan. 
honestly, the the release date caught me by surprise, probably yeah. more than anything else. Like, uh, unfortunately, it means that it's a little harder to arrange vacation time to uh, play it uh, because yeah. you know Thanksgiving's right around the corner, mm-hmm. and I've already got the time off for that. And sure. uh, you know, so there's a part of me that still kind of wishes it was pushed into December, but. Obviously, you'll always want things faster than than later. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that kind of wraps up the news. So, uh, as per usual for the Happy Hearthstone, the main topic is brought to us by our guest. Uh, this time, hey. it sounds like you're going to take a walk through the halls of Hearthstone uh, <laughs> and re relive all of Andrew's experiences on the Happy Hearts though. Yeah, you know, I thought it would be a fun way to um to shove off into the into the great unknown, you know? Um because being the host of the show for gosh, I over three years, like over three and a half years, I guess, um, there has been a lot that has changed with this game. And so I started thinking like what's the simplest way that we could sort of take a look back and just relive some of the some of the memories, and I thought let's let's go through every set that um, that Steve and I reviewed, and now Guy Grumpy and I are going to do three hours for each set. Um, <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> Where I thought we'd go back, and I'd just choose one card from each set as something to sort of remember things by, um, have some good feels, and uh, and have some fun, you know. So. I, it it amazes me, guy, that this actually all began for me on the Happy Hearthstone with Journey to Ungoro. Were you playing the game back then? I was. I've actually been playing since general release. You have? But okay. I have really fond memories of the Journey to Ungoro and the introduction of quests. Um, uh, it really changed the game for me in a way that made me want to become a streamer. Really? It was right around yeah. that? Was there a quest in particular that spoke to you? Uh, you know, I really tried the mage quest. I was a mage first player back at that time. Uh-huh. Um, so I kind of hit that one a lot, but sure. the, to be fair, the caverns below was the one that everybody was talking about before. <laughs> and, uh, I believe that's the one that you wanted to talk about that, today. That, that is the one that I chose. And it's not because it was necessarily my favorite card, but oh my gosh, the caverns below was a, it was just a staple for this game. So it was a one mana quest for Rogue. The quest was play five minions with the same name and your reward was Crystal Core. Crystal Core was a five mana spell for the rest of the game. Your minions are four fours. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, I believe that this card got nerfed. Uh, I want to say three times. I'm actually looking this I up because so. I'm pretty close here. Yeah. So originally it was. Uh, play four minions five with the same name and they would be five fives. Yeah. So they upped that to five minions and then they had to lower it, the, uh, the payoff to four fours. So, um, yeah, this, this card just created a deck style that I, I still think is unrivaled in how it plays. I mean, you knew that once they played Crystal Core, the game's basically over because they're going to Southsea deckhand you and, uh, Stone Dust Boria down until you just, uh, you're dead. And the funny thing is, 
it didn't have that great of a win percentage. It's, it was sure. still closer to the 50%. It was just kind of uh, one of those ones that wasn't fun to play against because mm-hmm. once they did get the engine going, then it was it was really hard to deal with. The funny thing is with uh, today's environment and all the removal that's available to pretty much every class, uh, I think it would be easier to deal with. And Probably. It, it would be fun to kind of kind of see it return to maybe a wild meta or maybe one of these new modes metas uh, to to see if it's still viable at, even to the 50% range. I'm pretty nervous about bringing, bringing it back, but it, w- <laughs> it would be, I'm sure there's a lot of people who, especially like core players back then, who would be really excited <laughs> to see it one more time. Um, and then maybe it truly gets buried into the dirt. I mean, it's not getting played in wild at all right now. So maybe that's a sign that it, yeah, it, I don't know. So so one of the things I do on my stream is uh, open it up to playing with viewers. I maintain right, a complete right. set of wild and standard cards. And so uh, we open it up. I'll build decks for people. And that's one of the popular ones that people do for yeah. wild is they just want to they just want to walk down memory lane and play something like that with some of the new cards and see how it does. So wow. it's done. OK, <laughs> but it's not nearly as scary as it once was. OK, I've, the game has changed a lot. And especially with in yeah, wild yeah. where it's like, is anything more powerful than this? Well, well, probably uh, that that mage yeah. quest that you mentioned has seen quite quite a quite a day or two as oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's not quite dominating like it was uh, prior to uh, this year, the year of the uh, Phoenix. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's still it's still seen quite a bit. Yeah. Well, from Journey to Angoro, we uh, we journeyed over to the Frozen Throne, and we had the Knights of the Frozen Throne. We went from having a quest for every class to having a Death Knight version of every class. And uh, the one that I picked that I thought was super influential was Deathstalker Rexar. Actually, the first Death Knight, if you recall, when the set was announced, uh, that was revealed. He's six mana, five armor, battle cry, deal two damage to all enemy minions, and then your hero power became build a beast. For two mana, you could craft a custom zombie beast. What was funny is that, um, you know, I was recalling that when this was released, everyone just assumed it would be kept up with and updated with new uh, minions. But when the next set that we'll talk about soon was released, everyone was like, what happened? And they were like, well, it's only going to be the past sets. And the community was like, no, no, you don't get off that easy. You need to make this <laughs> include everything. And T5 was like, oh, all right, we'll do that. <laughs> so they did it. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if Rexar would see as much play today, uh, had that not been the case, but it certainly makes it more fun and dynamic that, uh, you know, you can really craft whatever you want with him. Yeah, he's he definitely dominated at the time. It was a very popular deck archetype. I like to look back at him and think that he's the first created by problem. Oh, uh, that's kind of true. Infinite value. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people, when I started streaming, um, which was right after Kobolds and Catacombs, when I finally pushed the button, uh-huh. um, a, a lot of pe- a lot of people had that as their favorite uh, card. And so when it rotated out, then people got a little um, antsy about the future of Hearthstone. I, I think this was one of those cards that really resonated with people deeply. And I don't know exactly what it was like. 
I the feeling of becoming a Death Knight was really cool for just about every mm-hmm. class. Um, and I think this one, the flexibility of creating your own zombies, like it's sort of a control player's dream. And so like, mm-hmm. uh, I, I guess for people who really enjoyed that and certainly Hunter hasn't had a control tool like this since then, I would argue, um, I, this is infinite, you know, infinite value basically as long, as long as you're still, uh, as long as your hero portrait hasn't exploded, you're getting value off this guy. So, um, yeah, pretty cool card. Pretty cool set. Right. And not just for control, like aggro would use them just to have more minions to play because one of the biggest problems with Hunter is, you know, not enough draw. So yeah, that yeah. replaces the need for draw. You have another beast every go. turn. So that's cool. Yeah. Well, as we continue journeying, we can walk into the catacombs where the kobolds lie. Because kobolds and catacombs was the next one heralded as one of the most broken sets that uh, Hearthstone has ever <laughs> come out with. And, you know, as I was thinking, so we went quests, we went death knights, and then we went into weapons. This was the big deal for the set, is that every class was going to have its own weapon. And uh, as I was looking through them, there was one in particular that I feel like was big then and is actually still a um, a cornerstone for wild players today. And that's the Skull of Minari, a five mana zero three weapon at the start of your turn, summon a demon from your hand. Uh, you know, this is a really slow card to play on curve, but if you're able to play it on curve, beginning your next turn, your opponent is on a timer, unless they have some weapon removal or Zephyrus or something like that. Um, because as, as long as you got demons in your hand, they're coming out. And, uh, Void Daddy was a part of things back then. He wasn't just a battlegrounds, uh, a battlegrounds piece. And, uh, yeah, this weapon was just, it was always scary to see your opponent, uh, equip this because you knew things were about to get pretty crazy, pretty fast. Yeah. It really defines the, uh, wild, um, warlock now just yeah. all the mana cheat. This was one of the first ones to, to give that big mana cheat. So, uh, like you said, it's a little slow because you're that turn you're doing nothing, but mm-hmm. there's enough re- removal in Warlock that they can keep the board pretty clear and it's not that big of a tempo loss for the advantage that you get the rest of the time. Yeah. And you can keep your hand pretty full of demons, especially now, uh, that can take advantage of it. Um, so yeah, it's, it still sees a lot of play and it's still, uh, Raises my adrenaline when my opponent plays it. <laughs> <laughs> and those of you who have, who are really longtime listeners of this show, you may remember when I first guested on the show, I, we were doing deck battles back then and I brought on a demon zoo warlock that, uh, that stuck around for far too long and broke deck battles on this show. And, uh, Skull of Monari was not around back then, but it would have been, it would have easily been a staple in that deck because it was all about big demons and, Oh, Malganus back in the day. That was a, that was a card to play too. So, now uh, yeah. Well, it's it's a, now just a battleground staple. <laughs> it's true, and it's fine that he's there too. Um, now, getting a little spooky. I know we just walked through Halloween, but the Witchwood happened, and this was the last set that Ben Brode was around for. You know, you you should go back and and watch that reveal video because it was his last. And, uh, you know, when the set was released and revealed, it was really exciting, all these crazy cards and creatures and stuff. And there was one rare card that actually ended up for the next full year or full two years of rotation was a staple in a lot of different decks. Four mana, three, three beast. You probably know by now. 
It's Life Drinker. Battle Cry, deal three damage to the enemy hero, restore three health to your hero. I, I actually, I meant to go back and look at what Steve and I gave this card in the review. I'm sure we did not foresee that Life Drinker was going to be a staple in a lot of decks. I mean, especially Shutterwalk Shaman, of course. I was tempted by Shutterwalk, but I think that Life Drinker actually saw more play in a lot of different decks and ended up just being a really good, um, I, I, just a staple that you can get your opponent down a little bit and heal up for a little bit uh, for a pretty good price. And I'm I was so glad when this one rotated out. I, I just find the the life gain part uh, is is hard to overcome mm-hmm. for uh, for a lot of cards. But with the advent of then the new keyword uh, uh, life steal and this, then it was it oh. just seemed like you were having to hit everybody for. 50 or 60 before you finally win. <laughs> yeah. So when it was prevalent, uh, I was, I didn't put it in my decks, but uh, just out of, out of spite, but it was definitely one that dominated. You'd see it in anything from aggro that just needed a little bit of uh, lifesteal mm-hmm. and direct damage. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, to, to do the finish over, over taunts. So nothing bad um, going to come from that, right? Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that they learned a lot about the power of neutral heals based off of the card I chose from the Boomsday Project. I feel like you are completely out of it if you don't remember a card called Zilliax. Um, Zilliax is five mana, three, two with magnetic, lifesteal, rush, and divine shield and taunt. And it was a mech. Um, you know, Magnetic was pretty cool because uh, you felt like you were sort of in Dr. Boom's lab tinkering with, you know, different mechs and stuff and upgrading them. But boy, Zilliax took it to another level. And especially like a set or two later, we just got to the point where you would put Zilliax in immediately to any deck because he would just help you in any situation. He was removal. He was health gain. Um, the taunt to get in the way of your opponent was good. I mean, even if you just had to play him naked on a, a completely empty, empty board, there were worse plays that you could make than Zilliax. So this card was probably like, it was that tough line of, is it too good? Well, it wasn't like totally morphing decks. Um, but it was such a, such a strong neutral card to be printed. Um, I don't know. Do you, do you have good memories or bad when you think about this card? Mostly bad again because the life steal part. As it felt like Zilliax was so powerful. Like you said, you could play it on an empty board mm-hmm. and it was still good. Uh, but when you built a deck around it, uh, where you could add it onto a large magnetic, you could heal for your full life total. It's it was like a Reno Jackson um, that could be used every turn. Yeah, you know, uh, and and it 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 got put on some pretty crazy boards. There was even the. Uh, the untargetable mech from Boomsday that oh, if you the put it on there is pretty much, pretty much, uh, pretty much game over. Yeah, then, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I forgot about Doctor Boom Mad Genius. I, I guess it's good that I forgot about that because that was that was rough for a while to play against that card too. Yeah. The the other card that you had uh, listed here was uh, Snip Snap, which yep. worked really well with Zilliax and broke wild for a while. Yeah. It was like the first card that they specifically nerfed before the wild community. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of a, uh, 
weird one too. I had to get an, give it an honorable mention because you might remember Snip Snap didn't come out with Boomsday Project, but it was technically a part of that expansion. I think it was, I think it was right. actually a year later when they did the, um, what did they call it? Uh, it was with the wild card or it was when they buffed cards for the first time. Um, and they took like two cards from each class, but yeah, snip snap, uh, three mana, two, three magnetic and echo death rattle summon two, one, one microbots. And like you said, this did have to get nerfed too. It can't cost less than one, which praise the Lord. This is a good thing for people to recognize. You can't really have that mechanic in a card game and it not get abused. So, um, I, and I actually see on HS replay right now, it's still seeing some play right now. It's got a positive win rate in, uh, in oh, well. in wild, so I don't know what de- I I didn't know Mech, but I I guess Mech or Snip Snap Warlock was such a big thing back then that maybe it's still not crazy. I don't or not crazy bad. I don't know. It's not an auto win uh, that takes half of your turn, your opponent's turn when you play. Yeah, it, so. I think that's good because that was truly. But it's probably still good. Yeah, the the fact that people couldn't actually. Have a turn. I feel like that should be the way things go for you, you know, when you're playing. And then we had Rastakhan's Rumble. Uh, this was a special one for me because uh, this was actually the first time I got to go to BlizzCon. So I was there when that beautiful theme song uh, was unleashed into our hearts <laughs> and souls for all of time. And uh, one the one card, I know, Steve, that you will be proud of me for this, that I had to give a nod to, because this is a pretty underpowered set overall, uh, was Mass Hysteria. Five mana priest spell, force each minion to attack another random minion. I remember looking at this and thinking, I, I just don't know if this is dependable. Um, but it ended up being a staple for control priest through its entire uh, tenure in the game. Um this card was battlegrounds before battlegrounds existed. Although it was worse than that because you could, your minions could attack each other also. Um, but yeah, it turns out that as long as there are minions on the board and you need to clear them, there's a good chance of playing this card is going to get you in a better place than you were prior to playing it essentially. And there are many ways that you could manipulate it too, based on your board, especially as a priest where you'd have uh, maybe more minimal minions sure uh that you could then follow up with uh cheap um removal uh for whatever did survive mm-hmm. so it's definitely prominent it still is used as one of the primary uh removal tools in wild so it's definitely got that lasting appeal yeah and then moving on to last year now we're feeling a little more uh a little more recent here rise of shadows was the beginning of year of the dragon uh, which is the first time we had an overarching storyline, which is super cool. And the card that stuck out to me then, this was kind of, I, I guess we had seen some reimaginations with uh, Elise and Dr. Boom before then, but seeing all of the villains of the League of Evil come into their own was really exciting. And High Spear and Togwaggle was a big part of that. Six mana, five, five, battle cry. If you control a lackey, choose a fantastic treasure, which of course you were getting the wand of, I, I just know it as the wand, so I can't remember exactly what it was called. But um, you were getting the uh, three mana next uh, draw three cards. They all cast zero, which is right. still kind of insane um, because this card. Oh no, it's yeah, it's still in standard. Yeah, it is. 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I can't believe I forgot for a minute, but <laughs> Rogue has changed a lot. And over the course of that year in particular, Rogue was all about High Spear and Togwaggle, all about lackeys. I mean, Evil Miscreant probably edged this out as, as far as being like too good of a card, but High Spear and Togwaggle just feels like the set to me. And it reminds me so much of uh, the League of Evil trying to pull off their, their Dalaran heist, you know? Yeah, for sure. And Togwaggle really, I think, came into his own after the Galakrons, uh became available through the Descent of Dragons. Yeah, yeah. You could get those free cards plus another five cards for free. So uh, he, he was definitely a meta changer, even from the beginning with Rise of Shadows. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and was fun to play, too, because uh, yeah. you wouldn't always automatically take the three cards there were definitely times with a empty board that you'd be like you know what? i'll take two legendaries yeah. instead um so so it was just a fun flavorful and brought out all of the uh the great theme from the set this the year of the dragon was probably my favorite from a theme theme wise totally yeah uh, the, a story mm-hmm. it kind of reminded me of uh, magic the gathering back in the weatherlight visions days um where they kind of had that that story that progressed. We're still seeing it today, even though they're not technically related. There's a lot of the same characters sure. being um, being built up, and Hearthstone's kind of having its own uh, its own lore yeah. built around it now. And I think it's good that they don't commit to doing this every year because you know probably like Ashes of Outland, Skullman's Academy. Uh, Madness to Darkman Fair, kind of hard to tie all of those together. So I think it's good for themselves, good for them to give themselves some creative margin to not be so locked in on one thing. Um, but I do hope that they bring it back uh, either this next year or maybe the year after. Um, it'll be fun to see what they do. Yeah. And I think this, this year's sets have, uh, although they haven't had a cohesive story they're still world building sure. for the stories yeah. that were created from last year and so it it really still maps perfectly i, I really love what they've been doing the last three years oh, yeah. uh, to be to be honest yeah it's good and then we had the saviors of old doom oh my gosh do you remember that t- period of time where it was the league of evil we knew there'd have to be a league of heroes but we didn't know who they would be and oh my goodness league of explorers Again, banger of a theme song gets unleashed into the world. And uh, oh my gosh, the fact that Reno and Bran and Finley were back uh, was such a big deal. But I, it's it's impossible for me to give the nod to any card from this set other than Zephyrus the Great. Two mana, three, two elemental. Battle cry if your deck has no duplicates, wish for the perfect card. I mean, it is it is a feat that they were able to create a card that scans your board state and figures out what you need. You know, um, it gave rise to an interesting discussion with this being neutral. There was a time there where everyone, all you played were Highlander decks so that you had this, and especially when Dragon Queen Alexstrasza was released next. Um, there was just no reason essentially to not play something with both of those. And it gave you almost ar- arguably too much flexibility, I think, for a deck style that's supposed to be unreliable, essentially. Um, but I, it's an engineering feat that they came out with it. It is a cool card. I don't care if you hate the fact that it exists. Like they made a genie that gives you three wishes. That's awesome. I, well, it gives you one wish, I guess. I, he should give you three. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just huh. not going to be able to think of Saviors of Old Doom and not immediately think of Zephyrus the Great. And it's, 
Definitely one of the most powerful cards. I know a lot of people think he's getting a little long in the tooth and are ready for him to leave just because of that uh, surprise of um, surprise lethal is basically what he's used yeah, for these days. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of ramp uh, now and then, but um, yeah, you can't think of Saviors of All Doom without it. I mean, there were some other mechanics that got introduced. There were some new archetypes that got introduced through the Saviors. Like, I still see some people trying Quest Paladin. Dang. Um, <laughs> you know, for the Reborns. Yep. But, but yeah, Zephyrus, out, the outstanding card, both from a technical, technological marvel and uh, just a fun um fun addition uh, for those that are smart enough to figure out what he's going to give you. I agree. And it did create this fun mini game for pros too. I, I, there's a whole site where you can go in and it'll just show you a board state and you have to see if you can guess what Zephyrus gives you. Um, I, I remember seeing board control often. He would just like pull that up in between matches and try to try to guess. It was pretty, pretty fun <laughs> seeing how accurate he was most of the time. And then we had Descent of Dragons. So finally, we got the dragons for the Year of the Dragons. And uh, the dragon that stands above them all, it's honestly not Galakron for me. I mean, the Shaman Galakron was absurd really quickly and then has become nigh unplayable since then. He's in a little play. Shaman just needs some help still. Um, hoping, actually, I don't know if I want Shaman to be good. We've either seen Shaman be dumpster or be like so good that it can't be touched. So I don't know if I want it to be good again because... I don't know. I need I need it to be good again for another like sixty games or so, uh, so, you so can that get I can get a thousand. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe maybe they can bring it back to at least good, uh, just not insane. <laughs> but I, the the dragon that really has my heart brings me back to my original favorite class, which is warrior Deathwing Mad Aspect eight mana twelve twelve dragon battle cry attack all other minions, and I remember. Um, I remember them showing this. I, th I think that they showed it without the effect on there. They just showed, they just showed that they were doing another Deathwing. And for a second there, I'm looking at an eight minute 12, 12, and I'm thinking, how do you, how do you, uh, how do you pay homage to the original Deathwing and the classic set and do something that's new and unique and still helpful? And because the original Deathwing would destroy all minions, discard your hand. It was this massive minion. It was a big risk, but it paid off sometimes. Well, Deathwing Mad Aspect is not only more reliable, but it's basically like just another board clear, which Control Warrior always wants. So, and it being a 12 12 means that even if it dies, it's taken down some big bad boys with it. So, um, so yeah, I, I still like this card and I, I was just really impressed how they were able to reinvent it and give Control Warrior a tool that it really wants. And it's always great to get that call back to previous sets and previous cards. So I, I tend to agree with you here that obviously when you think of Descent of Dragons, the first thing that you think of is Galakrond, mm -hmm. uh, just because they were so prevalent at the beginning. But the, most of the Galakrond decks have kind of died out, but you yeah. still see Deathwing uh, in pretty much any warrior deck. Deathwing's good. And then we had the mini set before mini sets were mini sets. And that was, uh, that was Galakron's Awakening. I was looking through this small set and there's actually a card that maybe hasn't been the most influential, but is absolutely my favorite and that I've probably been playing more of than all these others. And that's Escaped Mana Saber. Four mana, three, five beast with stealth. Whenever this attacks, gain one mana crystal this turn only. 
And the reason I love this card is because it enables archetypes that I want to be things that just still aren't things. And I'm looking at Dual Paladin, I'm looking at Big Warrior, and I'm looking at Archwitch Willow Warlock. <laughs> this card just always comes to mind because those those decks would work better if there were mana cheating tools similar to what Druid has. And this being a neutral card is the one way that they can make that happen. I, I mentioned Willow before. Sean Smoker and I have kind of been testing out a, a deck list. And I said, hey, have you tried Mana Sabers? I know I'm stuck on this card. He's like, no, no, we got to try that. So... I still got to put some more time in, but I, I just really like this card. It's not that great, but the fact that it's stealth, it almost guarantees that you can at least get one off of it. It's a lightning rod. There's just, but it feels balanced. This certainly hasn't been a card that's just been insane, uh, other than it being a an easy shoe in for a Highlander deck, I guess. Yeah, and it was it saw a lot of play early on. A lot of control decks would throw it in. Um, you, you still see it occasionally in mage decks that are, you know, trying to ramp up a little bit faster for some of their shenanigans, mm-hmm. uh, created by shenanigans. Um, but for me, for me, the card of that set was the risky skipper, which kind of oh, created yep. all of the new, all the new archetypes for warrior that st- really dominated, but had a really high, um, learning curve. So. Yeah, I, I that honestly was the first one that I chose, and then I saw Skate Man Saber. I was like, oh, but he's my boy, so I yeah. I got to go. Yeah, he's fun. But, he's a beast. But yeah, Risky Skipper has definitely affected the meta more than anything else. You remember when it wasn't a pirate for those first few days? Uh, that would have been different if you couldn't pull him off Ankar. You know, uh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. All right, and we move into the year of the Phoenix. The two uh, sets that we've had so far. Ashes of Outland saw the introduction of the first new class in Hearthstone. So this is obviously a big deal. Uh, Demon Hunter has had its ups and downs, more ups than downs, I would say so far. But uh, thankfully, after beating a million cards with the nerf bat, uh, it has finally been a little more normal, I guess. Soul Demon Hunter is still pretty good. But um, the card that you may not even know is from Ashes of Outland that I wanted to give a nod to is Skull of Gul'dan. Six mana, rare spell, draw three cards, outcast, reduce their cost by three mana. Uh, this is I, this card was five mana when it was first released, and it was just so good. At six mana, I think it's still so good, uh, and it's it's just the cornerstone draw engine for any uh, any demon hunter deck right now. And so I try to envision the world without this card when when it does rotate out eventually. It's just going to be it's going to be weird playing demon hunter without this because this card I would say is one of the most Demon Hunter cards that Demon Hunter has. Interesting. I, I haven't... I mean, I've played a lot of Demon Hunter. I'm not even up to 500 wins with it yet, though. Me neither. Um, Me and, neither. and there's so much identity in those. There's healing and draw and attack and weapons and uh, small minions, big demons. There's tokens there's so many ways that you can play it um that it's it's hard to really think of anything that is really dominant in the in the class That's fair, except yeah. that the skull of Gul'dan is included in most of those yeah uh, just if you can get it with the outcast then it just is so strong in, mm-hmm. in so many ways uh that it's worth the tempo loss uh to play it in most cases you have the board cleared anyway um so uh, it's 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 a no-brainer yeah, I didn't realize it was from the Ashes of Outlands. I know too, that's why I, it up. That's I, I thought I it was one of the staple cards. Yep, K, uh, Kane Sunfury is also on that list, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Um, 
could be wrong on that one. Nope. That's Ashes of Outland too. So, um, yeah, pretty cool. It'll be interesting to see how the class, uh, how the class develops with time as well. And then Absolutely. our dear Scholomance Academy, the, the, our alma mater that we must, uh, give credit to. I, you know, I'm looking at all these cards. There are lots of crazy cards, lots of fun cards, lots of flavorful cards. And I think that nothing sums up this expansion more than transfer student. Two mana, two, two. This has different effects based on which game board you're on. I mean, we've never seen an effect like this. So just from a unique perspective, it's so cool. Um, but the fact that your deck actually feels a little different, um, depending on something as trivial as, as your board game, uh, is just, it's neat. It, so it feels flavorful. And at the same time, it's a pretty solid card, regardless of, uh, of which game board you land on. I like this kind of, uh, this kind of uniqueness. And I don't know how else the team could iterate on something like this, but I'd love to see more stuff like this in the future. I agree. This kind of feels like one of those cards from the uh, the unglued type expansion yes, from Magic, yes. where where you you just have some special effects that are are unique, and you can't really play around it because you don't have any control over what uh, board comes up. And I, I like that this one too. Uh, learned from the design. Uh, issues that people had complained about from previous sets, like we were talking about Rexar, where they weren't uh, adding the new beasts to it. It went all the way back into wild and pulled all of those uh, boards and presumably will take all the boards in the future into effect as well. So it's a card that's going to be constantly changed, but without any uh, special time for buffs or uh, or nerfs. So I'm kind of excited to see where this goes all the way into the future. Yeah, me too. So, Plus, I love the art. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, and the fact, this is a Volpera, right? That's what it's called? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's cool because we haven't seen many, if any. I think we've seen like one or two Volpera cards. Yeah, Volpera Scoundrel. And um, so it's cool to see them sneaking their way in and doing cool stuff, you know. So Maybe there'll be a new class in Battlegrounds. Yeah. A new like, tribe, I mean. Sure, I like it. So that is the whole walk through the halls. I mean, it is it is pretty crazy to go back and look through all these sets, Journey to Angoro, all the way through Scholomance Academy. I mean, been a heck of a run with all of these reviews, sets. I mean, you think about all the things that have changed within the game, the team's uh, design philosophy and stuff. Um, we're at a really good place now. I mean, this show has always been about finding the good and enjoying what the game is, but I, and I know I've said it on past episodes that, you know, it's good time to be a Hearthstone player, but I just don't see any better time than now. Uh, when game modes are expanding, the team is balancing things pretty heavily. We've got more cards coming out than ever before. Um, it's just, it's really fun and it's exciting looking back on how things have improved with time. Cause we've also had some dips, uh, through that, uh, as well, both in the game or, uh, with blizzard, you know, but, um, I think that with time we've been able to heal, grow stronger and, uh, been better for it as a, as a result. So thanks for, thanks for going with me on a little stroll guy, grumpy. That was fun. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. And I, I, it really shows the, the length of time that you've put into this <laughs> podcast that you've done all reviews of all these sets, all mm-hmm. of them very long reviews. So I appreciate all of your time and effort in that. But since we've gone through so many cards, uh, there's how many cards of the week was that? 
<laughs> yeah, I'm not. Maybe we'll turn it over to you for a not a card of the week. We have so many here. We'll let you just uh, have your have your time to sing us a song. Yeah, I will say that the card of the week, if you haven't caught on, is one of my favorite longstanding traditions on this show, and it's it's because I've always loved coming up with ditties in my spare time, and so actually pushing myself to come up with fun stuff uh, was just a treat and a delight. Um, I'm not going to do a card of the week song for each of these, as some of you may have thought. Um, <laughs> instead, in fact, I've got more of a song of the week. So without further ado, here's what I've got for you. At the time of my life, no one ever recorded like this before. Yes, I swear. It's the truth Listeners, I owe it all to you Cause I've had the time of my life And I owe it all to you Got a little bass going on here, I like it Been podcasting for oh so long Making episodes hoping that you'd find me Saw some Apple Podcast reviews and felt like trying an episode or three. And now with my growing fam, there's no way that my time will keep on endlessly. So I speak to you and say that this is the time to get grumpy. You just remember... All of the good times That we've had throughout the years Sure, I'll be around on Twitter But I'll also be in diapers up to my ears Because I've had the time of my life I sincerely can't thank you enough Yes, I Oh, that's what I got. If expanding my vocal range to its fullest extent isn't true love, I don't know what is. But uh. man, you could really feel the emotion there too. So uh, I really appreciate you bearing your souls for us mm, with, with that. Song. I, I appreciate it. And you know, as we wrap things up. I do want to take a minute to thank a few people. The truth is we would be here for another 10 to 12 hours if I went through and um, let every single person know individually uh, what they've meant to me and how they've made this show uh, possible. Because the, the, one of the deeper things that I've, I've processed with my wife and haven't shared is that being able to host this show during the time in my life that I was able to gave me an outlet, um, to teach and influence people when I didn't really do that with my work. Um, and I, I, I was in a desk job where I was kind of a monkey behind levers for quite some time. And so being able to do this show, uh, foster a community, um, help you all find the good in, uh, in the, in the game and in life, uh, it really, it did a number to me. And I know it sounds sappy, but it's really true that I became better as a result of being able to bring this show to you every week. So, um, so I, I, the first and foremost thing I have to 
shout out is any of you who are listening, I know based off of the numbers that I see that there are more people listening than I've directly been in contact with. So um, the truth is that if you've ever listened to a show and if you're listening to this one, I cannot thank you enough for choosing to spend your time with me and uh, for choosing to be a part of this community. Now, with that, there were some individuals who um, who I have to thank directly. And I'd love to save the biggest for last, but I, I'm too afraid of forgetting people and and uh, hurting feelings unnecessarily. So here's the deal. Wicked Good, um, you were by my side since the very beginning with this. Uh, you, I, From what I remember, you could tell the story different if you want, but I, I don't remember any hesitation when I first said, Hey, you want to come on and do six hours of talking about cards? Uh, and you know, I asked you because, uh, I knew that we would have a lot of fun, that you would bring a good, different perspective to the show, um, that you would make me better as a result. And you definitely did. I, what I, what I, only could have hoped for at that time was that we would have grown in friendship like we did. And, uh, you know, the fact we got to see each other at BlizzCon this past year was awesome. Hopefully not the last time uh, that that ever does happen. But sincerely, man, you have been a friend. You've been a confidant. You've been someone who uh, who really has made me a better content creator, a better person overall. So thank you for being uh, being in it with me. And I think I did the math because this is one, two, I'm going to do it one more time. Just make sure one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, eleven shows with six hours for each set. Uh, and then a mini episode that would have been around three hours. So I'll let you all do the math at home. 66 plus three for how many hours we did reviews. Probably good that we're sending off now on that perfect note. Um, so thank you so much. Nice. Uh, so it, it is very nice, I think. Um, I, I also have to shout out a guy that you said at the beginning, uh, guy, uh, was uh, Venga Dragon. Uh, this guy is a streamer and a friend. He reached out to me after I took on the show and just out of nowhere was like, hey, man, do you need help with anything? I was like, sure. <laughs> he said, I know how to build websites. I can do that. It's like, well, great. I just don't have a lot of budget. He's like, no, I'll do it for you. I'm like, what? No one does that. You're crazy. Uh, I, sure, but you're crazy. <laughs> He did it. And he helped me with, with email stuff. He helped me. Uh, he's been on the show a couple of times. I mean, the dude is just a sacrificial, um, he, he was getting nothing out of helping me in those other than like my, my gratefulness. And so Venga, thank you for being a friend, for giving, um, out of, out of just insane generosity. I mean, truly I was able to build some of the marketing stuff for this show, uh, thanks to your help, your friendship, your leadership, and your expertise. So um, sincerely, the show wouldn't be where it is today had it not been for your help. So thank you so much. And I'm really glad that um, that because you and Guy Grumpy are already connected, that you can continue to help the show. And um, hopefully you'll have him on at some point, at some point, because Venga is a fun, Venga is a fun guy to have on the show for sure. Um Beyond that, uh, this is the part where I'm going to forget people and really regret it. Um, but there are so many people that I've met through podcasting for this game. Um, and some of them, uh, you know, podcasts come and go. Uh, some of them have stuck around. I'm thankful that the longest running one can keep going. Um, but like, so originally I started Valence Chosen with two people known as Rob and Loremaster, not Rob and Loremaster Eve. And they were good friends who took a chance on me before I had much experience. 
Um, they're great people. Uh, Rob has actually really gotten into Pokemon Go lately. And so if you're into that game, you should go look him up on Twitch and on Twitter. Um, and he's still doing Omnic Lab from what I understand. And Lore Master Eve is over on Blizzlet now, which is awesome. I love getting to hear her, uh, again, talking about Hearthstone and goofing off with those guys. So, um, Super thankful for both of them. Uh, just the fact that we all, well, Rob had some chops beforehand, but at least Eve and I got our chops uh, together by starting that show. Um, thank you guys. The 1600 Dust guys and gal are awesome friends, have been that way as well. Coin Concede. I mean, Ridiculous Hat, Bodicus, um, these two guys in particular, I've just spent a lot of time with, had a lot of conversations with. Bodicus and I did a round of So You Think You Can Cast back in the day. If you really want to go scope it around on YouTube, you can find it, I think. Um, but you two in particular just helped me a lot, been good friends. And so I'm super thankful uh, for that. The guys over at Hero Power, Avantis and Zoroshio especially, but for Sika back in the day and Mad at Arms, I mean, you guys are just, you're so fun and you've believed in me and just been good friends in the space. Um, Blizzlet to I, Daniel Stormrage Sheldon, dude is the real deal. He's a guy that I wish I could, uh, actually be in the same town as, because I feel like we'd have way too many good times and <laughs> he's just, he's a lot of fun to be with, but he's a dude that really cares. Um, if all you do is listen to the show and you just kind of wonder, are these guys like real underneath the jokes and stuff? They really, really are. Um, so super thankful for them. Um, and then all these other shows, good Lord, Legend of the Innkeeper, uh, Hearth Casual, Arena Sensei, um, Bob's Tavern Cast, and this is where I know I'm going to miss one or two at least, Walk to Work, um, Hearth Coach, Well Met. Um, I've gotten to know a lot of these people throughout the years, and um, they've. it's been something to step into a space that could be cutthroat competitive, and for everyone to only be encouraging and helpful for each other. The truth is that all of you who host Hearthstone podcasts on your own, who are taking time to listen to this, you guys are the happy Hearthstone also. Um, this is not the only beacon of positivity for people who listen to shows. And I'm so thankful for each and every one of you. Um, I'd shout out off curve, but I gave too much of a shout out to Steve before, so I will withhold that. Um, for everyone who has been a patron of the show for any length of time, this is where I'd have a list that is far too long. Thank you for not just believing in me uh, emotionally, but believing in me financially. <laughs> like even those of you who have been giving a dollar or were able to jump in at a higher level for a shorter time or whatever, I never took that for granted anytime I saw that come through. You know, Patreon's one of the things that I was able to do to create margin and make more content. And it was unbelievable to me um, that so many people believed and wanted to be a part of that. Um, you know, one of the things I'll always carry with me is a little bit of regret that I wasn't able to always deliver everything on there. Um, so I'll say a slight sorry in the midst of all of this, but I know that Patreon is more about a tip jar and more about people showing that they believe in you than anything else. So thank you all so much for that. Um, and then I extend it further to, uh, to anybody who has listened to the show for any amount of time. Um, it means the world. I, again, podcast hosts who have come or people who have come and joined me on the show as a co-host. Uh, the list is far too long for me to thank you individually, but sincerely, it meant a lot. I had a lot of fun conversations and look forward to hearing even more. Um, and then, uh, I, I also want to throw a shout out to Blizzard. Uh, Chris Sierra is one of the community managers over there. And the dude gave uh, probably more than I deserve <laughs> in terms of merch and Blizzard interviews and stuff to give away or 
strike that, reverse it. Merch to give away and <laughs> Blizzard interviews to have. Um, so sincerely appreciate his support of the community and our little niche over here. And then also I have to give a shout out to the guys at HS Replay. Um, I know that they gave, they gave me a shot to work part time with them, uh, based on more than this podcast. Um, but it really has been a delight being on that team and getting to serve, uh, serve the Hearthstone community in a unique way with that. If I didn't say it explicitly before, I am going to continue doing that. So you'll still see me around. You'll see me writing articles or doing social media for them and stuff. Um, and I think that brings me to you, Guy Grumpy. And um, I, I know I've kind of said it already, but I have to say it again. Thank you for being willing to keep the longest running Hearthstone podcast, uh, the longest running Hearthstone podcast. Um, I, I cannot tell you how much I believe in you. Um, and how much I know that you are going to be able to do this. Um, you will make mistakes as I have made mistakes. You will get things wrong sometimes. And I can't give you more advice than to just say, apologize and keep going, you know, <laughs> uh, apologize if necessary and keep going. And, uh, most of the times it's necessary. Anyway, you're going to do a great job, man. I, I really am excited to see how the show continues to grow and develop, uh, with you at the, uh, at the helm. And, uh, as the, as the game itself continues to grow, uh, I, I just foresee a lot of good things for you in the future. So thank you for being willing to keep going. Um, we will stay in very close touch and I look forward to hearing, um, hearing the madness of the dark moon fair review that, uh, that you've got coming up and, uh, you will definitely have me as a number one fan for many years to come, uh, starting as we end this show. <laughs> Why, thank you, Andrew. I really do appreciate the opportunity. I can't thank you enough for all the work that you've done already and where you've taken this. Uh, good luck with the twins, the new job, and all of your other opportunities as they come your way. You deserve everything that comes. Uh, it's You're just one of the nicest people I've ever met. And was glad that we got to hang a little bit. I was too. It, as well. it was way too truncated now for how much we're going to be connected moving forward. But, um, <laughs> right. but I, I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll get another, we'll get another time in the future as well. All right. Well, as Andrew had mentioned, you are the happy Hearthstone. This podcast exists for you and is sustained by you. There are so many great ways to support what we're doing. And I just ask that if this is one of your favorite shows, or if you listen to every episode, or if you like what you hear, are curious about where we go, uh, please consider how you can support the show. Our Patreon is always going to be the best way to support it. And I'll be so thankful for each of every one of you have jumped on. So head on over to patreon.com slash the happy hearthstone to see the cool perks you can get uh, like exclusive weekly content and monthly coaching sessions. Every dollar you have, uh, every dollar you give makes a difference uh, to the support of the show. Right. Another way you can support is by putting up a review on iTunes, which helps us a lot when people are looking for Hearthstone podcasts. It only takes a few minutes, and if you need help, just reach out and let us know. We'll help you. Finally, we have to send a humongous thank you to Menok and Number Theory for being producers of the Happy Hearthstone. Your love and support is felt every time when the show is made, so I can't help but spend a very special thank you your way. You guys are awesome. They, they really are legitimately awesome. And, you know, I'll, I'll also throw in here that I, I do want to encourage you, if you've enjoyed 
hearing this show with me at the helm. Um, really want to encourage you to keep coming back with Guy Grumpy. Um, you know, he's he's going to do a great job. And as you hear him, maybe you haven't left a review of the show before. You can be one of the first to leave a review calling out how awesome Guy Grumpy is, you know, um, or supporting him on the Patreon as he takes that on and develops it uh, in his own unique way. Um, but yeah, stay connected, keep listening, and uh, show up with expectation because I know this guy's going to show. He's going to show up and then some, as he does for his stream all the time. So, yeah. And with that said, we would love to know what you thought of the show and what you'd like to see added for future episodes. So check the show notes for information on how to get a hold of me or the Happy Hearthstone in general. I definitely reach out to uh, Andrew with your well wishes for for his future. Uh, you will hear from him again for um, sure. But there's plenty of ways that you can get in touch with us, including Twitch on uh, Guy Grumpy, uh, YouTube. There's there'll be a link in the show notes. Um, Twitter at the Happy Hearthstone, or I'm sorry, the Happy HS and Guy Grumpy, um, etc., etc. Thanks again for visiting the Happy Hearthstone and having a little fun with us today. Hope that you're excited about the new expansion as we are, and we'll see you next time. Andrew, any final thoughts? Uh, you can contact me on Twitter at Andrew's Living, but you probably know that uh, already. I'll be excited to share twin pictures with you. I'll be excited to share insane deck lists in the future, uh, probably during my restless nights. But um, sincerely, cannot thank you enough for tuning in. And uh, Guy Grumpy, can't wait to see what you do with the show. Thanks, Andrew. And we all love you. Much love, my friend. <laughs>